Pushkin. Chase for Business and iHeart bring you a new podcast series called The Unshakables. This one-of-a-kind series will shine the spotlight on small business owners like you who faced a do-or-die moment that ultimately made their business what it is today. Learn more at chase.com slash business slash podcast. Chase, make more of what's yours. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase and a member FDIC 2024 J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey everyone, welcome to Talk Easy, a weekly podcast of interviews with fascinating people from all walks of life. I'm your host, Sam Fragoso. Thanks for tuning in. Just a reminder at the top that we finally, at long last, have a website. You can check that out at talkeasypod.com, where you can find all the previous episodes of the show, info about the people who make the show, and info about the past guests that we've had on. Uh, Speaking of guests, this week on the podcast we have documentarians Bill and Turner Ross. In writing a description of who these two talented, thoughtful artists are, I seem to keep coming up short again and again, especially in comparison to this logline that they wrote for themselves for a Kickstarter campaign a few years back. They said, following shiny things and getting in trouble since age two and zero, respectively. Preferred weapon, standard deaf cameras. We get by with a little help from our friends. And that's kind of an ingenious way to describe the work of Bill and Turner Ross. Their documentaries are honest, raw, fly-on-the-wall accounts of life, unfiltered and unaffected. Like most, I first discovered the brothers through Roger Ebert, who effusively praised their debut film, 45365. In naming it one of the best films of 2009, he wrote, In this achingly beautiful film, that zip code belongs to Sydney, Ohio, a handsome town of about 20,000 residents. The brothers, Bill and Turner Ross, were born there perhaps 30 years ago. Of course, they knew everybody in town, and when they spent seven months of 2007 filming its daily life, their presence must have eventually become commonplace. Since that review, the brothers have directed four other docs, including River, Western, and, most recently, Contemporary Color, 
which played at this year's San Francisco International Film Festival. Before we get rolling, I'll admit that Bill and Turner are true friends of mine at this point. You meet a lot of people in this industry, and in turn, you are friendly with a lot of people in this industry. But being friendly with someone and being friends with someone is uh, a very different thing. And um, it's odd for the writer or the critic and the reporter to become friends with their subject or, or, or you know, and vice versa. But uh, this happened organically. We met at Sundance a few years ago, and it just it was one of those things where it made sense. They're great human beings. I'm excited to see their careers develop. It's a strange thing to see someone's career uh, ascend in real time. Um, I'll also note off the top that uh, they made some ridiculous concoction of a drink. Uh, they called it Smoking Fire. Uh, with hot peppers, tequila, and a whole bunch of shit I don't remember at this point. Throughout, you will hear us taking shots of that. Uh, I don't know if any of us got drunk during the show, but um, alcohol was consumed. And uh, here's Turner Ross telling you more about that. Enjoy. <laughs> you, take, you take command. Mm-hmm. Hi. 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 Hey. Oh, is this a formal deal? Did we have to be like... You, hey, no, not at all. You told him to pre- you're, hit record. You're you cursed. We're, we're all going to take a shot of this. Can, for, but for the listener, can you tell Yeah, us? well, that's what I wanted to do. Okay. So Compton and I were were, were doing the... Uh, to people to who Compton is. Lane Compton, uh, actor buddy, cool guy, extraordinaire. Um, we, were, uh, we were going to the Lakers game and drinking at Hank's, one of my favorite bars downtown in L.A., and they had the, uh, they had the hot damn and beer special uh which i'm a big fan of i got stuck in a blizzard once uh in 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 northern arizona and they we we managed to pull off like veer off the road and there was a bar like oh you know halo of a bar and uh and the people behind the bar were so happy that we had come in that they brought out their special bottle of hot damn from under the bar and we and wanted us to drink it with them and it was like a big special occasion for them so well it may not be the world's greatest beverage it certainly you brings it a wonderful nostalgia to me anyway so Compton and I were, were were drinking this stuff and and Lane says you know I think we could make this drink better it's a pretty pretty stellar bartender as well Mr. Compton and uh, he says you know we could we could I could probably make something like this with tequila and I said, well, maybe we should make it with mezcal, you know, like uh, smoke and fire, right? You know, it's like getting real witty as we get drink more hot yeah. damn and Budweiser. And uh, lo and behold, I left town, and he actually made a fucking bottle of, what are we calling it, Lane? Uh, smoke and fire. Smoke and fire. <laughs> Um, so this would be I'm very certain about that. <laughs> this would be the uh, inaugural bottle, that saran wrap bottle in the corner. Yeah. Uh, this is the inaugural bottle. We thought we'd share it with you, Sam. Uh, it's full of hot peppers and other stuff. We're gonna be fine. Uh, it's gonna be great. You know, here, tears to cheers. you. Yeah. Good to be with you, Sam. Coffee. Yes. Say that's pretty tasty. Uh, oh, we. Should, should we take another so, shot of that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's bring that bottle back. Then. Yeah, we can just keep drinking the hot damn, the smoke and fire. Smoking fire. Uh, we could just put it on. The, the, I, I feel it. You, Bill. I oh. feel it right here Doesn't already. It, it just goes. It all just the went way down. Whoosh, whoosh. It's like, you know, it's like fire. Yeah. No. No. It's, like, it's like your heart is burning. No. The title's no, apt. Yeah. That, that sounds bad. Like heartburn. No. no, no. It's not so bad. Okay. Um, fire in your belly. 
I'll, I'll give everybody a little yeah, bit Yeah, I'll more. do another one. Um, let's start with... I don't want to start with how good this movie is, because that's too easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good movie. Um... How did this even happen? Like, let's start yeah, there. Isn't, isn't that like, a good place yeah, to start? Yeah, because you like, guys... What the fuck? Thinking about your filmography, after Western, my idea wouldn't have been like, oh, they're going to do something with David Byrne now. Right. It, it, I mean, it didn't... Not that it was random. It was, it was a great surprise. Well, it, yeah, and it was a surprise to us, too. I, like, we had always wanted to do, you know, like a concert, films, you know, something like that, but... You know, that shit's been done, and it's been done incredibly well. And so we, if it was ever going to happen, it needed to be a scenario in which it was this bizarre. And it had, a, you know, had a lot of different moving parts and could just be, you know, something unique. Um, and, and that's what this project was. So I, we look at it very much in line with, with all of our stuff. I mean, really, it is still a capsule of a time and place, community and time and place, you know, people interweaving. Uh, uh, you know. Yeah, so it's it's not it's not really a great departure. I think on the surface it could be that way, but on the surface it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But you are capturing a one day, which is you, well, you also you also do some. I don't know, call them flashbacks. You intersperse like moments you clearly shot mm-hmm. with people in the color guard at their homes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like working into that did it seem because when I'm watching it so much there's so much information there's so much I don't ever feel like it's too much but it seems daunting right the two like, hour version might have been too much uh, <laughs> I don't so know. 97 minutes is the sweet spot of two, is, it's a lot there's a lot yeah and we didn't want to feel claustrophobic in there and that was our one worry is when when we I mean, we probably should go back to that, but the conceptualizing this, we knew that we wanted it to be all at once. You you are just, this is, it starts and it ends, you are in this space, yeah. and then trying to figure out ways to not become claustrophobic, and that's where those sort of transcendent, we call them departures, yeah. come in, those sort of surreal moments, just ways to escape. But when David first pitched this to us, like, we, you know, went to his office, which crazy so he was familiar with your work unbelievably the, yeah, that, he, he is he yeah. is a truly curious person in in the greatest sense it yeah. is not uncommon for him to like yeah he, he had seen our he had seen some of our shit man so like yeah you so know he's going to like these small art houses like the one person going to see the show <laughs> and he's he's that guy he's, yeah. he's just like terribly curious about everything it's something that i really Appreciated about the, you know the the friendship that we built is like learning because that dude that dude never looks back like he right. is always moving forward. Very anti nostalgia, anyway, you know. Yeah. It's, it's like everything is ahead of you, and I think that's why he always, um, that's why he's always doing something new and not trying to repeat himself right. and trying to seek out other people to work with. And the reason why he would work with somebody like us. And we just became truly enamored by that. You know, he's always working on something. He's always curious about something. And he was very open to all of our ideas. And my, my first two questions Surprisingly. were... Yeah, my, I just, my first two questions when we sat down, it's like, you know, hi, hi David Byrne. You know, I mean, we didn't do the, the gush-a-thon that we could have. You know, right, we we're right. huge fans. But, um, you know, I just said, why are we right for this? And he said, well, because you guys have empathy. And I said, okay. Uh, and why... Good response, by the way. Yeah, that's part. Uh, and and um, and how involved will you be with the film? And he said, "Well, not at all." 
<laughs> and I said, okay, well, here's what we, th- here's what we think this would be. <laughs> a match made in heaven. It, yeah. it really, honestly, it was. It was I, I hadn't had this much fun making a movie since, like, college. You know, like, it was, it was just a, a weird group of people together, and anything goes, and everybody's ideas. It was cool. such a joy. Truly, from top to bottom, it was always, and I, I, it, I keep over... I want more descriptors, but truly it was like this just really egalitarian, even field for everybody. And it was always, you know, in, and, you know, David composed the show, you know, he and his people, his, his wonderful team around him, Leanne and, uh, uh, and, uh, Aaron and, uh, you know, just sort of the broader team that put the thing together is crazy, but always it was about David, you know, saying it's not about me, you know, it's about what this thing is and celebrating this all together. All the component parts are just as valuable as anything else. And that's what we want for our work as well. And that's what we wanted in this movie is we didn't want to make a... a <laughs> we had to, well, we had to tell him. I mean, when he first pitched it to us, I was deeply confused. I, you know, we, walked, <laughs> we walked out of there and you know, we said, uh, well, that was amazing. But we're not going to do but this. But we're not going to do that. This is, this is just not... This is not something that we really? did. It didn't you seem go, like a good you, fit. You have that meeting. He says he's not going to be involved that Well, we didn't much. want to make a star well, movie, we and we didn't want to make a color guard movie. Right. Like I couldn't imagine us like, Bill, our next project is going to be a color guard movie. Not exactly where this question came from, right? Yeah. And also, you know, it's also we're not just going to make like a star movie, you know? It's yeah. like not, neither of those things fit. But well, then we had the opportunity to talk about but it. Then, but then, you know, we always had the philosophy of, like, all right, yeah, we're not going to do this. But if we did do it, like, let's talk about, like, let's, you know, imagine what it would be like. And so we got pretty excited about a very bizarre approach. Uh-huh. And what was that? Well, we wanted it to be like the Muppet Show and like 1980s like professional wrestling and, and have the look of late 70s basketball. Yeah. And just like all these and about about like late 70s basketball. That's it's got a so great look. specific. It's very it's saturated it totally does. and, and the, like the text that you would see like on a broadcast like Because that. there are very distinct narratives that come to mind when you think about either of those things. A concert film, yeah. you have a distinct idea of a couple ways that could go. Of an event film, so like leading up to the event, the final pot of gold is the event itself, the realization of the thing, the hero's journey towards the thing. And we just didn't want that. We wanted to treat it like we treat everything, which is we have a region this happens to be a region with walls. We have a time period, a very finite period of time, and we have a cast of characters. How do we, how do we consume that whole community with the fewest possible denominators? And how do we allow people the opportunity to be there while also presenting uh, a show that has its own rhythm? You know, like creating a filmic rhythm while also competing against, really, the rhythm that's inherent in the show with the music and the dance. Uh, it was complicated, but that was the joy of it, is it was because it was such a dynamic environment, yeah. uh, such a kinetic, dynamic environment, that it gave us all those things. It was, a, it was a momentary community. And that's also really, that's also kind of the underlying message of the thing, is it really is just a flash in a pan. This is the one time that they're going to do this. Right. And for a lot of these kids, it's the last time they're going to do this. And just so many things. It's just an instance in time. you quote your own film? I think Ivor Glass says that. Yeah, we've spent too much time with it, I think, at this point. This is, the, yeah, this is the last time these kids are going to... As in, the last time they're going to be together. Yeah. Should we just do the rest of the hour, you impersonating Ira? <laughs> can, you, can you do an Ira Glass oh, impression? God, no, 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 do no, no, do no. I wouldn't even... He would, he would love that, I'm sure. <laughs> we, uh, we, 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 did a, uh, we did a conversation with him, uh, like a Q&A after the last screening in New York. 
uh, and which is pretty awesome. It's like Ira Glass is going to host your Q and A because you guys made a movie together. And I was like, wow, yeah. that's that that's funny, sense. isn't that, that Bill? Yeah. But he had lost his voice, <laughs> no. so he's up there with a real raspy, yeah. you know, Ira Glass voice, and we just we just told jokes and had a really good time. Uh, it was an awesome experience working with him, actually. Um, you know, because you don't know what to expect there, right. but he truly is that person from which those stories come from. He's as inquisitive as he is on his show, and, and the day that we were supposed to meet him for the first time and, and shoot with him... Well, we'd done, like, event stuff with him before, but we had this private in-house with he and Nico right. in Nico's place. And But yeah. Ira, come, Ira comes in, and he's, like, you know, he's he, he's just, like, looking bewildered, and he's shaking his head at us, and he's, his arms are out, and, and I was like, what's wrong with this dude? Good, good morning, Ira. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, hello. And he he's like, how do you guys do it? How do you do it? And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just watched Chabatulis last night. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. And I was like, my God. Like, Big Chabatulis fan. Doesn't owe us, this guy doesn't owe us shit. But he was, doing, doing he was just doing his, doing his homework, doing his research. Doing his research right. Because he was going to come and, and because he knew we were going to be filming him and spending time with him. So we only had a small block of time that uh, I think we had to go shoot something else. We spent half the time talking about Chabatulis and not shooting <laughs> So he was just like he. That's awesome and totally yeah. disarming, right? right. Yeah. I, yeah, I feel like if you walk into a room and he has his his arms like up, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is gonna go well. Yeah. Um, no, it was it was good, and then he was just so extremely helpful throughout. You know, and he, extremely helpful on the last night, on the last shoot um, at at uh, Barclay Center, he came up to me before the show and he's like, Bill, do you do you think it would be helpful? If when our song comes on, I go out there and I sort of, because their song is second, he's like, if I went out there and I sort of told the audience what the stakes were for, you know, what they were watching, and I was like, yes, I, I do believe that would be very helpful for our film. <laughs> if you just Did he told really me. not do that the first three shows? No. Well, he wasn't in Toronto. He wasn't even in Toronto. That's right. That is so fucking wild, man. Yeah. That's crazy. No, truly, and it, it lays the groundwork for the film. As does as does his piece, which is really amazing. Because really, so when, I mean, when we were we were with we were with we were with David and his team while they were still working out the kinks of putting on the show, and so they were really still trying to lock in the teams, lock in the artists, really until the end. And when they came up with a slate that included Ira Glass, it was like, no, wait a minute, isn't this supposed to be a concert? What the fuck is Ira Glass going to do? And then we found out. It's like until it got put in practice, we just didn't we yeah. didn't understand what that because Nico Muley's going to be behind it. Sure, fine. He'll he'll you know he, he plays beautiful music that makes sense right. to this choreography. He's but, the only person who's not a musician. Yeah, right. right. And it's, and so we just couldn't really wrap our minds around what that would be and would that break precedent and would that fit in with the show. And in the end, it was the thing that really landed the whole show for the live show and for the film because it really allows you to access the individual rather than the collective. The rest of it is is seeing this team as a unit and sometimes soloing. But that piece allows you inside those kids' intimate lives and their thoughts while they're performing, ideas of performance, the the sort of the stakes of what this whole thing is. It was really phenomenal. He's he's profoundly good at what he does. At what point did did you guys say, Oh, we are doing this project. That's happening. Oh, I think the day that he, he pitched it to us. But you said you walked out and thought... Well, well we, had we, our, we, we had a little time out. We walked out and, and had a couple beers and then walked back in. Oh. And so we said... You know, and so <laughs> it was we, that quick. Yeah. We just had to come up with a pitch. <laughs> yeah, so we so we went in and we were like, okay, we want it to be like the Muppet Show, wrestling, blah, 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 and it would be about the kids and not you. 
<laughs> Great. Probably took some beers to get a, enough courage up to be like, sorry, David Byrne. Well, we just had to get in our comfortable place, and <laughs> right. our comfortable place is usually. <laughs> you know. Come on, this is what, like, right now. Like, like, right now. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, having a good time. It's like, yeah, just get, get in your comfortable place, and. and but we, the we comfortable thought, things come. It's like we needed we needed our ideas is the right. thing. And we, like we couldn't come to this and create something for somebody else. This couldn't be a for hire job. This couldn't be trying to fulfill some sort of vision of somebody else's. It's like if we were going to do this, movie. this has to be one of our movies. If we're going to make this kind of an investment, right. this has to be number four. Yeah. You know, like this has to be our movie through and through. So we thought, you know, going in and with that kind of pitch. He'd be like, okay, thanks, but no thanks. But he was like, this is perfect. Great. <laughs> so ego's not anything for him. No. No, no, It's no, not no. even part no, of no, it. No, 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 no. Because it's not part of your movies. I understand why you wouldn't want that. Yeah. No. No. He, we, he's the genuine article, man. Yeah. And the way he's presented in the film is the way he presents himself to the world. Yeah. You know, he's just, he's an affable and curious person who yeah. also happens to be one of the most talented people. Yeah. And a lot of the jokes in the movie are at his expense. And so, like, showing it to him for the first time. But he laughs at them. He laughs at them every time he watches the movie. So, no, he's he's, he's, he's not carrying around a baggage of... Like, <laughs> yeah. I, can I say my... This is jumping ahead too much, but... Um, we can do whatever we want. It's your podcast, yeah, right? But, but, but my favorite joke in the movie is the guy who's like, it's about time for a hot dog and some coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm from New Jersey. Kind of you know, good that, right now. That, when we tested the film, that that joke missed every time. What? And, I know. And, and I was like, I and and I will he, tell you with the audience sample size of three that I watched it with this morning. Well, when we, we were, finally we premiered the dying. final version with we the mix, dying. the yeah. crowd laughed, and it was the first time we'd seen it land. But it was it was like I fought for it every step of the way. I was like, guys, this is funny, and like, but then I started doubting myself because everybody was like, yeah, I don't, it's not as funny as you think it is, dude. Who was that guy? He was the a dad. Marcus's grandfather. He was the one. Yeah. So Marcus is the is the lead in that performance in Somerville. Mm. Okay, so going into the movie, what is the biggest challenge you're facing? The fact that we have to capture an event with a team and go beyond ourselves. Right. It really was a a, it was a massive test. So there's there's four of these. There's four. There were four nights. Really, the first two. I mean, certainly we filmed the first. Too, just as if they were anything else, like as if we were not going to get to Brooklyn. Right, exactly. But we also filmed with a much smaller crew, just our core unit. And at the beginning, while we could, while we could hypothesize what the film was, think about it, see it in its final iteration, what we needed to do was implement a plan, choreograph a plan in which it could be executed. Bill and I always do everything. Just he and I. That's how we make our stuff. In this case, there's no way that he and I could have, just he and I could have made this thing. Right. So we had to, we had to, we had to let go of a lot, and and figure out how to, uh, I guess lead rather than um, delegate. Delegate rather than do. You know. Is that scary? I, I that I, you talk about challenge. I think for me that was. You know, it taught me that I'm a control freak, yeah. and it's very healthy to let go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was it was a heartening experience because we made good decisions in the letting go, and when we did, by relinquishing absolute control, we got back super confident stuff. Are you huh. saying this film made you a better person? I would say. 
I like it what made, he's asking the question. That's it good. made me a better. <laughs> That's good. It certainly made me a better filmmaker. I was I was really proud to turn around this one because, be, you know, when he and I are working together, so much goes unsaid out, when I'm we're working. Out with my brother, and, you know, whatever. But he had to produce this thing, <clears throat> right? And he had to direct this thing to you know ten people that you know we brought on that we completely admire. And he had to tell David and all these artists, like, this is what we're doing. This is how it's going to go. And it suited you very well. It so was, you, it was very he, cool. He's doing that, but you're not. No, I, I, I just like to hang back. So That's you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got the nice <laughs> role right there. <laughs> he can catch all the crap. Oh. He's good as shit. <laughs> Bill sweats it out on the on 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 the other end of these things, man. Yeah. You know, in, I think in, that's that's the. The yin and yang, though. Yeah, like no, we have it. a good balance. We, we, totally we do. There's there's equilibrium, but there's certainly not equilibrium <laughs> in the functions. Because you guys are both crazy, but yeah, like sure. it's like you got it, you got it. Like, it works out. Well, Robert oh, yeah. Green, Robert Green told me. Uh, when did we see him last? Oh, in last week. Um, he was telling me he was like he was telling me the same thing. He was like, you know, Turner really did a good job with this whole thing. You know, he put his arm around me before every show, and he. He'd sort of walk around with me for like 25 minutes and like tell me exactly how things are going to go and 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 you know made me feel very comfortable and then you would come along and 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 I would ask you what should I do I was like I don't know Robert just do your fucking job <laughs> and, and he was like but both of you were right you were, you were both basically In saying the same thing you were saying the same thing yeah but the real the real awesome experience was we brought on people that we have come to know and love as human beings, but also to trust as not only shooters, but directors in their own right, or as thinkers in their own right, people who can think on their feet, people who understand what we do, even if they don't do exactly what we do. And so in delegating this thing, we would say, this is your domain, this is where we're putting you, this is why we're putting you there, just go. Mm -hmm. And, And give them such a, you know, such a sort of broad um, mandate within their environment. You're putting a lot of faith in them. Putting all the faith in them. And and in doing so, it gave them complete confidence because nobody's going to look over your shoulder. You just have to crush this in your own way. And should things not go right, as a director of your own, you need to take charge and figure out what the next best thing is. All 10 of those people were making their own And they were incredible. And it turns out when you do that, those people make amazing decisions because they're not doing a for-hire gig. They are they're trying to present their work, you yeah. know, and they and present amazing with, work. When you're in a room with people you respect like that, you don't want to be the weak. It's also yeah. super competitive. In an awesome way. People are like going for it. Like, people want their footage in the movie. They, yeah, yeah. 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 And everybody got so that their footage cool. in the movie. That was cool. It got very competitive. Like, you know, it was, it was very athletic, you know, everyone's flying around the arena and, at the end of the night, we would run back into our locker room, essentially. What'd, just, you What'd you get? 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 Like, oh man, I fucking crushed it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'd go through. We'd go through the dailies each day because we had to know what was captured so that we could make sure that we had it the next night. So we would review all the footage wow. and look through it. So we already knew these magic shots that some of these people. Yeah. And then it's like, hmm, all right. Yeah. But, I got but, you. I got up, you tomorrow. Up in the game, right? Yeah, right. Tell, we, we we didn't tell anybody until like the last night because we wanted them to like you know. I kept wanting to go up to people and be like, hey, you are... But then people are going to go, they're just going to get leisurely. Right, exactly. they got to be on there again yeah. for all four nights. Like, yeah, you're doing okay. You're doing all right. Well, some of it may be in the movie. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Yeah. It was awesome. And really the thing that made it all come together, and, and I'm so glad that he has received his due, but 
when Bill and I were facing this thing, we realized just how daunting technically this whole thing was and that we had to bring on somebody to be a, a proper textbook DP, right. you know, somebody who actually could speak the technical language. You know, while there's not one single camera person, we needed somebody who could acquire the gear that we needed, speak the language to the lighting designers, because while we can articulate that in a broad and very naive sense, like... Here's what I want it to look like. Here's where people need to go. It's like, what is the technical language of that? And we, we took a leap of faith with our, with our good friend Jared Alterman, and it turns out he's even more talented than we assumed he was and very, very technically savvy. And he saved our asses with this thing, really. I mean, he, he spoke the language to the rental houses. He spoke the language with the lighting designers, with the, uh, you know, with the, the venue uh, choreographers, making sure that we had, um, you know, blacked out uh, spaces for, the, for our event team. So we had him do a three-person event team. We, 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 we got him two of our favorite sort of DP-type shooters. Right. And... Um, and they did just an amazing job. They were there all four nights, and they were always in charge of capturing what was happening on the floor, floor to stage. Because if you miss that, you've missed the show. <laughs> and the, and that, we just couldn't fuck that up. Because while we were having really bizarre conversations about, maybe we should just never see the show. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you probably yeah. capture the show. Let me you tell know? you how that movie goes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that would not be playing, I don't know, I don't uh-huh. know how that would look. It would be so we made some smart decisions outside of ourselves and turns out those people could crush that and uh, and Jared got the cinematography award at Tribeca wow yeah, yeah. it was cool I, I was like I was almost and crying. props to Bill Bill got his first nod on editing ever <laughs> it's overdue overdue totally overdue that's, that's amazing can you hand me the remote they fucking switched the fucking draft off alright hold on we're taking a break do, when do we get a Bengals uh, that's what I'm it's not bad right his concoction I'm you know, I'm starting to warm up. Rosa is starting to warm up. <laughs> Quite to literally, the I'm damp. warm. sweating, yeah. <laughs> cheers, yeah. Sam. Cheers, cheers. Thanks for keeping up with us. Of course. Yeah. Uh, all right, what's next? Mm. You need the beer. That is some fire water, man. <laughs> it's good. Oh, it's, it's real su- good. It's super good. That suits me to a fucking tea. Yeah. Compton, Compton, he knows, man. Compton knows. I'm glad it suits you guys. It uh, it gets me going. So. Well, you don't have to drink it, Sam. You can you bow out at any time. With the language, uh-huh. um, <laughs> we were gonna speak easy. We're gonna speak easy. We are. Talk, talk easy. easy. Yeah, talk easy. Talk hard. Walk hard. Okay. <laughs> now we're just doing the lyrics. Uh, all right, one thing that's staggering about the film is that there's not like controversy really behind the scenes. I was expecting a moment where someone would be yelling at each other. Uh huh. But that's not the kind of movie. And it sounds like. There's no way it was going to be that movie because everyone was really working on the same page. Well, it wasn't going to be that movie, but but God bless it, it wasn't. It just wasn't that thing. Was it not? And that? I and are truly, you, honest, truly, was, Sam, was it, I don't know I, I if would, we are ever going to have that kind of experience again. I hope for it, and I hope everybody gets that kind of experience at some point. Very, very truly, Does, did anything it was go the wrong most shoot? crazy, fast year of positivity and collectiveness. Yeah, I'll tell you what went wrong. We could never get Nelly Furtado to stay in the same outfit. Yeah, okay, so that went wrong. Nelly. That's the biggest. That's our biggest. Yeah, Nelly, we know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Nelly, we we love you. You did fine, but it's just man, the outfit thing. The um, outfit. She she just. Everybody else was down. It's like, all right, you know, we're gonna cut this all those four performances into one. 
We need you to stay in the Even same the, thing. Even uh, the how to dress well guy? He was down. <laughs> he yeah. was down. Because he dresses cool. well? Is that what you're getting at? I don't know. It's a stupid <laughs> joke. <laughs> no, is it really, though? Really? It just, the, the, the collective energy of that thing. Because, yeah, with so many moving parts. Yeah. Oh, my God. It yeah, could, have, honestly, it could I mean, have all just fallen apart. That the show even happened is yeah, crazy. Yeah, that, exactly. So I'm thinking how... Just even happened. Not, can, not that like it got in the arena and it went well. It's like that it even, even came together yeah. is insane. Because they, they, they practiced for the first time with, with their band the morning of the first show. I like <clears throat> had no idea if this thing was going to But it, it work. really worked. It really worked. And, uh, I mean, yeah, maybe some nights' performances were better than others, but uh, on the overall... The thing worked, and audiences enjoyed it, and it was written about well as an event. Right. People had this really awesome experience with this world that they probably wouldn't connect with. And so David was right in the end. It's like this thing, people will be attracted to this thing if we can just get them there to see it. You, it's all about the framing, because when the movie ended, I, with the people I was with, I was like, I don't know if I'd actually ever cared about the color guard in my life. Right. Mm-hmm. But after this movie, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this again. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Yeah. It's all about the framing, though. Yeah. It is, because there's something really magical there where for, for those young people and the community that surrounds them, that is a great big world full of emotion and challenges and history and... It's athletic and it's artful, right. and for some reason, it's also also a catharsis of some sort. You know, in many different ways, it's just a mini-storied thing in which everyone is welcome, as long as they're willing to give, and they give so much. It's a truly emotional, just profound experience that they go through. You know, it's a transformative thing for them, and we got to be witness to it, and I'm so grateful for it. And it ends up being pretty visually appealing as well. And it was a great basis for which to make a really crazy kinetic event movie. You know, it's it, it landed on us, and I'm and I'll I'll always be grateful for it. Is it uh, hard to film that, knowing that for them this is the end? Because it's Ira frames it in a way where he's saying they've been doing this for ten plus years. This is the end of the line. And it's a one of once in a lifetime event, right? Mm. How nerve wracking is it to like shoot footage? <laughs> well, they look really cool. To they, be fair, they do I mean, look really cool. But like, it's they're like, performing at the Barclays Center with yeah, a rock it's band. Incredible. They look pretty cool. But it's like there's so much. I feel like there's so you you guys do such a great job, and Ira does, Ira does a great job of building up the stakes. Right. Yeah. To where you're like, oh my god. Well, you need to understand that, and we worked for a long time. I mean, you know. Again, bless Ira. He, he certainly did his part. But we did work for a long time with with David and his core group trying to develop the storyline of the show because we fed the, the Jumbotron screens throughout the show, right. sort of building the history, the background, the stakes, the evolution, the future of what this thing is so people had context for what they were watching because if you just watch it cold, you can get a little numb to it. It's like performance after right. performance after performance. It's just another concert. Maybe. It becomes redundant right. and we didn't want redundancy in the concert and we didn't want redundancy certainly in the film which was another total other obstacle. But for, for functionally for the, for the concert, the, um, the interstitial pieces really worked. So I mean we had nine four-minute pieces that uh, I don't know if you've ever seen any 
You've seen John Wilson's shorts? I don't think I have. Oh, my God. No. You should look into him. Uh, He's one of our favorite What's his website? Let's holler. <laughs> I think it's just John, johnsmovies.com. Johnsmovies.com. We're doing a plug right here. Okay. Uh, so, like, uh, how to keep smoking, how to stay single, how to clean a cast iron skillet. Is it how to? How to, li- how to live with well, bed bugs. For some, from a, for some of his stuff, yeah. And so, and I mean, he also works in a professional capacity in which he's an extremely talented you know whatever you need from him but right. we just love love him in a sense of humor so much that we brought him on to be the editor of the interstitials like oh wow we th- we took that off of bill right we were just we were going to put this thing together choreograph the film make sure that worked and we shot all the content for the interstitial videos sort of created the script and then said john here's here's the basic points here's what you need to do just do and see what you come back right. with and he was incredible it's perfect and the language of it is like this this like wry not necessarily ironic humor you know that uh that brought something disarming to with it and uh and he he's just strange enough as well that uh uh, like he just moved into David's office to do this work, and he and David really hit it off. And like, you know, like John, what are you doing? Now? Oh, David and I are going to a concert together. Like, We're best friends you now. Do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. do. You do. Okay, okay. And we loved having John around. Everybody loved having John around so much that in the end, he finished his work a month before the show went on because that's that was our deadline to get everything finished to get right. it there. And we just missed having him around. So we said, well, John. We're just going to give you free reign. You're on every list for every place. You're included in every travel schedule. You're on board. Just shoot something. We don't care what it is. You're you under the guise of. Have you seen this? Under the guise of this is a behind the scenes. Uh-huh. We'll tell everybody that, but just do whatever the fuck you want. Okay. You know, because we know what John makes. He makes these. He just. He just. So he makes wherever. a movie called Temporary Color about, <laughs> oh about my the, God. the making of. <laughs> Sort of, sort of, but it's also about escaped convicts, and uh, <laughs> you know, it's like does these tangents, these symbolic tangents with emu races, what? and it's, it's it's real good. Where can one see this? Well, it's, it's on it's online. Johnsmovies.com. It, it premiered at Slam Dance. Yeah, it premiered at Slam Dance. Huh? It's amazing. A temporary color. Temporary color. Let me let me make sure. Heinz programmed it at the Museum of the Moving Image a Did week he? ago. Yeah, good yeah. old Heinz. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will have to include that in the show notes for people to look at. <laughs> oh man, just turn people on. Turn they either on. get it or they don't. It's yeah. like it's very and if you get it you're on board, man. You're sticking Can we with talk it. We're talking about the overlapping of images. Mm. How do you know where to do that? Like cause that's that's you, right? Is that you doing that? Yeah, but that was something that was discussed like long before we Cuz it's incredible cuz it definitely we were talking about how it could feel claustrophobic. Right. It's those I think it's those things that make it feel like, oh, we're going in and out of this concert Barclays Center. Right. But the, the the alternative of feeling claustrophobic was also the fact that you had such immense distance to cover. Because rather than being an audience on a floor watching a stage, which is a compressed, you know, vignette thing, you have a whole floor show and a stage and this whole world. And so trying to compress that into a consumable space that it doesn't just seem like a wide shot at a football game. Right. You know, how, how can you do that? And as we were shooting it, it just was something that kept coming to mind. Like, these, it's like these things need to be, and it wasn't, it wasn't layers. What did I, what did I say the other day? I finally 
came down to Well, it reminded me of that, the new, you remember the... Uh, I kept calling it superimpositions. Okay. And, and Bill got real frustrated with me about halfway through because I kept saying, I just keep seeing these superimpositions. It's like these, the, you know, super, they're superimposed. Sounds like superstition. I, there's something, you know, it's like I don't always know what the fuck I'm talking about, but it's in there somewhere. It's like they're just superimposed. The images, they're all there together at the same time. It's like we just need to put them all together. They, <laughs> they're there together. And then we started digging into these references. Alterman was really great with that. Yeah. And watching like, you know, uh, not necessarily wide broadcast concert films of like Neil Young or what was the really great one that the Kinks. The Kinks. There's a Kinks concert that Alderman found. Just like a TV appearance. Like the same face singing to each other across a screen, right, or, right. or really weird. You know, like the the like the uh, the technician in the booth got stoned that night and just started like layering the images, <laughs> and it totally works it's in so in like works, a weird yeah. '70s cable access way. And so it was like, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So we just started digging into those kind of references and being like, this is, this is our answer and we need to start shooting for this. Because what we can do is we can take, we can humanize the famous people and celebrate the, right. you know, the, 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 the performers on the floor at the same time. We can just put them together, allow them to exist in that space. And it's also visually very stimulating. It goes back to the egalitarian approach. Egalitarian, like, it's like, man. It's like, there's the color guard, and there's the person who started talking heads. Yeah. And it's all the same. It's all the same. It's all the same, and it was such a fun, and, and Bill, Bill really should speak to it, but it was just a fun, such a fun opportunity because we could be so playful with the imagery because it is a concert and performance and dance thing that it was allowed to be surreal and and we were actually allowed to be a little bit vocal with the editing, you mm-hmm. know, and do things that you probably wouldn't do in a normal observational film. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Yeah. And, you, and, and you, you I just watched but, him smile every day. We just had so much fun. And, and, and finally, I, we got to spend the whole time in the room together during the editing of this thing and, and just dance and really have a good time doing it. We had a great time. There was a lot of joy in the making of it. Is this the most fun you've had making a movie? We always have we fun. We always have fun. They're, um, they're just all very different. The tenor of it, each. This is very one was. Different. This one was. You know, it was. Each one's different, and that's you know why we do it. But the, <laughs> there were some weird moments in this where I just like looked across the room, like we're in a weird weird room right now, and there's my brother, and this is <laughs> this is pretty interesting. What's the, what's the weird room? Just famous people in rooms, or like a minivan was Bill and David Byrne and I, and Bill's DJing in the minivan. Yeah, David's like, "I'll drive." Bill, you DJ. Turner, you sit in the back and navigate. All right. Like, so uh, the first time that happened, and we did a lot of road trips with him, but the first time that Saints just picked really good. We're gonna get a little break. We no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Who the Saints pick? Oh, well, nice, you look at the that deuce up there. Anyway, sorry, sorry, sorry. But right. the, fir- the first time we took a, a took a road trip. And he told me to DJ. You gotta, you know. And we had just met, so it was like now. Fuck, little little backstory. Bill Ross, in for my money, uh, and I've walked into a few bars with Bill, but he is easily the best bar jukebox picker really? that I've ever encountered. And I'll set him up for that. Walk in a place, feel the place, play the right music. Right? He's pretty damn good at it. Bill, is this true? Uh, I'll. I'll believe him. 
<laughs> we've, we've spent a little bit of time behind swinging doors, you know. <laughs> we like grew up in bars. Like, like, it's not a talent; it's just something you observe. You know, your ten thousand hours at a certain point, you're just right. <laughs> I, I'm gonna. He won, he won David over with with a Waylon Jennings tangent one afternoon. Yeah, so he really. I, so I, I started playing this uh, Waylon, live Waylon album, which is fantastic, and David just starts you know going nuts, and he's like, "I love Waylon, I love Waylon." I started to think about it while we're listening to this album, the bass lines in Waylon songs, and you listen to a bass line in a Talking Head song, there's not, they're in conversation with one oh, another. Oh, yeah, you know? So I thought that was, I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, DJing for him, that's insane. <laughs> it got more, like, the first time was like, oh, jeez, God, what am I going to play? That's but, a lot of pressure. My friend sometimes won't play music because I'm very, like, Mm-hmm. Controlling of the music, right, 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 right. Yeah, and you're playing it for David Byrne. Right, it's crazy. It's weird. Well, it's weird how those situations become familiar, and it, it's but not, immediately became familiar. I mean, it yeah. immediately was just like, well, David's just this old guy that we hang out with, and it was, you know, it, you would get reminded often. You know, if you'd walk into a place and somebody'd freak out, you'd be like, oh, right, this dude's real famous. <laughs> you know, you're hanging out with this dude. All of a sudden, it's brought to your attention what you know, what he's done in his life. <laughs> we we did a we did a screening for all the um, color guard kids of the film before we premiered in New York, and we went to Dayton, Ohio, where they have their world championships for. It was college. like bringing it full circle because that's where yeah, we started. That's where as we well. started. We started filming there. WGI World Championships in Dayton, Ohio. So we so we ran out of theater at UD Arena, just like yeah. just south of where we grew up. So it's. Turner and I and David, uh, we rent out this theater and we show the kids the film. It goes over very well. It's very, you know, they're all yelling for themselves and it was, it's, it's, it's more really like fun. a sporting event. They're yeah, cheering like, and clapping yeah. for everybody and at the, all the right cues. And so nothing. after the fact, we're feeling real good. We're in Miamisburg, just outside of Dayton, real small, small, small town. And turns out not a lot going on in Miamisburg on, on a Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> At about 11 o'clock. That's so, a shock. So yeah, so it's 11 o'clock and, and, and we're all like, all right, let's, you know, let's go out and get some drinks, talk about how it went. And um, you want to... Man, every, every place is closed. And I, 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 you know, honestly, I usually have a pretty good nose for these places, but everything I was looking for was just was just tapped out for the night and David said well what about the uh, what about the the place with no windows back there where the music was coming from I was like I said, what music are you talking what about you? Dave no, no no let's go back there it's called Good Time Charlie's the the drinking place with the fun problem <laughs> okay Dave All we're right, following Dave. you so we walk in there it's a it's just a cinder block building with a door in the front he opens it the music comes coming out <laughs> he turns around night. and smiles and we all walk yep. in karaoke, <laughs> karaoke night in uh, in no. Miamisburg oh yeah there's like eight eight people in there, there it started off with 12 but one guy got way too loaded and a few of them carried him out yeah um, so now we're down to eight so, so yeah. we're down to okay. eight there's this you know short white dude singing gin and juice and using all the words uh, you know, there's two two middle-aged gals up there singing the latest country anthem, and David is just eating this shit up. So we're like shooting. And Bill and I are happy as hell. I mean, that's that's just like home turf. There, He's, you know, drinking shitty beer with a bunch of shitty people, and uh, <laughs> not not really anybody with any pretense in is there. That, is that your definition of home? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, da- I said, I said, David. I look over at David, and he's like, he's standing there. Now this will bring it full circle. He's standing there with a fireball and a you know like a 
Bud. And I said, David, are you drinking Fireball? And he says, yeah, it's on special. <laughs> I said, all right, man. I said, this, so, you, you like this place all right? And he says, yeah, man, there's, just, there's no irony here. I said, yeah, you know, David, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. This right. Is, we, we come from the absence of irony. So, so we're hanging out, you know, we're... You know, we're we're doing some drinking and and uh, talking about you know the film and and just you know being just being real happy about how everything's going. No one knows that David Byrne is in. the Nobody gives bar. a fuck. <laughs> it's just like who's so, the who's the white haired guy in the jumpsuit? Yeah, so, like all right, so whatever. It, he he and I sing a little bit and finally the DJ. Oh, we like, sang some Merle Haggard. Sang some Merle Haggard. And and I, Merle to pass away that day. It was a rare bar too, though, because we walked in there and I walked up to the to the karaoke DJ who was singing most of the songs. To be fair, there were That's only true. a few people. There, I mean, there were only a few people singing because there were only eight people there. Right. So he would sing the anthems by himself to keep the music going. And I walked up and I said, "Because Merle Haggard had just died." I mean, back to the bar rooms, one of the albums of my life. That's amazing. I said, "You got? You have any Merle?" And he's like, "Oh man, I'm I'm, I'm just kind of into the rock. I don't really." No, he said, he said, "He said I'm a rock guy. I'm a rock guy. Very stern. I'm said, a rock okay, guy." Okay, well, do you think it's possible you might have some Merle Haggard? Well, you can take a look. And I looked, and we found you know Merle Haggard, and we we sang it, and I thought we did pretty well that night. We did we all did, right. We did a good job. Anyway, DJ calls for la- last song, and this you know early twenties guy, he'd been overserved, you know, he he was sort of slurring a little bit. Yeah. He goes up there and he grabs the mic. He's like, "I gotta do it. I gotta do it. My favorite band, man, The Talking Heads. I'm gonna fucking sing Psycho Killer. Here we go." And so I start looking. I start looking around the room because I'm like, they have to know. He has to know. They like, don't know. They, they have don't. No they clue. have no fucking. Clue. And Sam and Sam and I are you know three feet apart. David and the guy singing are this close. And David's just sitting there on his bar stool, just like bobbing his head, like clapping for the guy. And I'm I'm just like, this this, this is exploding. This is bizarre. Like this, this is just fucking nuts. Yeah. And so the kid. So it was all the things. The kid kills it. And, uh, you know, we're like, you going to back him up? And he's like, no, 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 this guy's got it. This is awesome. This is awesome. So he's, like, clapping for him. Kid goes, sits back down at the bar. Dave stands up and says, well, I, I think I've had enough. I'm going to go back to bed now. And I so asked we, the bartender, we, I said, how much more time we got? He said, oh, we got two hours left. So we stayed. So we shut down the bar. But I, I go out back to have a cigarette, and this guy's back there, and he's still talking to his buddies. And he's like, you know, oh, God, guys, I just can't tell you... And they're like, you tell us every time. And he's like, but the talking heads are great. <laughs> Seriously, he's still he's standing out back smoking a cigarette talking about the talking so heads. I, Why is anybody talking about the talking heads in that bar yeah. in particular so, is so also like, very bizarre. I'm like, I got to fucking tell It's an acute yeah. moment in he's time. He's not going to believe me, but I got to tell him. So I was, I was like, hey, pal, I'm sorry to interrupt. And this is going to sound absolutely batshit, but did you sing that song because you knew David Burns in the bar? <laughs> you know, he sort of... Hits me, he's like, man, you, I'm drunk, don't fuck with me, man. And I was like, I know it's crazy, but actually, the talk, Talking Heads dude was just here, and he's like, you're crazy, dude. Turner walks out with his phone, and he had taken a video, and he's like, all right, bro, here's the lead singer of the Talking Heads, and here's you. Do you want to? <laughs> so he just like he just loses you see shit. Just a mind he melts. Melt. He's like, oh my god, man! I'm gonna tell my kids about this someday, and I don't even have kids. <laughs> you guys want a shot or something? <laughs> like I got a real good shot. I made it up at the bar. And we, it was a horrendous shot. Oh, just like blue, was, real yeah, fruity. Like blue. But we drank a lot of them. We had a lot of them. Yeah. Uh, and it was just a lot of hugging. and He was so pleased. And he was and so God pleased. God bless it, man. We sent him the video, and he just... 
Because what a bizarre moment. I mean, oh my he God. must have woken up the Why next day. Why any of those up. things were happening but, at any one point in time? You know, he was pretty close to blackout, so he may very well have woken up the next day and been like, well, that was a weird dream. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Maybe. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That is the best... Crazy. Guys, <laughs> I don't know if it gets better than that. <laughs> Pretty funny. Pretty That's funny. incredible. Yeah, I've been. I, what's 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 even more crazy to make it even more serendipitous is that the house I just moved into, there's a there's a band in the house, uh-huh. and the song they constantly, the only cover they have that they really play the most, Psycho Killer. Psycho Killer. Psycho Killer. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I've, been, I've been hearing it nonstop. Now, now you got a story for him. <laughs> hey, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> it will be Turns the, out worlds collide in Miamisburg, Ohio. Miamisburg, Ohio. Also, by the way, Miamisburg—it's like Miami in Williamsburg in Ohio. <laughs> no, it is not. But like, what is no. that name? No, no, no. Does uh, that have any? Well, where would that name come from? Germans. Yeah. <laughs> Miami Indians live there. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Well, cheers, guys. That's incredible. Here we go. Okay. What are you calling this stuff? Oh, I think fire water. Shot four of fire water? <laughs> we were calling it. We were calling it. No, you were smoke. calling it like smoke fires. So. Fire smoke. I don't like to ever... You guys don't have to spell out a theme for a movie, because I don't think there's just one theme. Yeah. But one thing I was watching, I was like, this is... A pure, unadulterated celebration of not just art, but like these people's lives. Yeah. Did you feel that in filming? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was undeniable, and you couldn't you. I mean, we. I don't know how much of that is 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 us. I mean, it was ju- it was just there. You know, I you couldn't. I you just hope that we it. were a good a good conduit to it. You know, I hope that we have facilitated its sharing because it really the goal is just you know to it was to be a present buoyant and, emotional situation, and that's something we certainly seek out when we shoot anything is just the real, like the feeling of the room, right? Not necessarily the substance of the situation, but just like if you can get that thing, and for this movie, the room was filled with that all the time, in a real way, like in a tangible way that we all felt, right. It's not, it's, it, you know, we, we can get, so it sounds like, you know, fucking summer camp, but it just. It was summer camp. Truly the, truly the energy was, was awesome because those kids were getting an opportunity that they just don't get, but they also perform at the top of their game and bring so much emotion to it anyway. But it's also, it, it's not, I think it's also a, a different opportunity for both of you. As well, like it's a completely different, did it feel like a completely different experience? Because watching it, it felt. Like I felt it was your movie, but I also was like, "Wow!" I'm glad to hear you say that. Bill yeah. and Turner are. This is a different arena for them. It was. It's. It's, it's <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't actually mean to do that. But it's yeah, yes but. and no. Uh, it's yes and no because one, yeah, I mean, it, we did approach this in the way that we approach our stuff, which but, is which is what makes it your own, completely. Yeah. So, I, but it was just compressed. Like we put out Western in January of last year. In that time frame. We have a new movie. That's really fucking fast for us. Yeah. That's not the way we usually work. We had to work kind of backwards in which we had to figure all this stuff out ahead of time and then hit a wall. There was a point at which there was not going to be any more shooting. It's just over. And so we had to be really present and really available to the thing. But also, given the nature of the thing, all of the energy explodes at once. It's not like we're there fishing for a bucket full of fish. Right. It's like you're getting one chance to tackle a shark. 
like that's this is it right and so everything is compressed in time everything is compressed in a space it was all there and available and that was pretty awesome but it also relates to conversations that and truly i mean talk about serendipity this is this is the conversation that we've been having a long time about moving on from the previous three films you know keeping that we keep that we keep the language going this continues to be a body of work that is evolving but those three were of a piece and we wanted an evolution we wanted to start focusing on ideas of performance right and that's a many faceted thing and 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 the articulations of which we're still playing with but it kind of makes sense that you tap robert green yeah given that his movies are yeah certainly he was an asset yeah. yeah certainly he was an asset um but yeah, and I, I think we wrestle with that idea in different ways. But it is an interesting theme, and it is interesting. This this thing just showed up at that time, and you know, t- it time. weirdly it did. You're right. It weirdly fit into the conversation. You know, the next two three films, and it actually was the later thing. It was like we had ideas at the forefront that we wanted to get into, and this was like a a tangent idea down the line, something that we couldn't quite grasp because we always always wrestled with the idea of if we make an event film, a concert film, whatever that thing right. is, how do you deviate? How do you make that new original? How do you do something different? And it ended up being the first <coughs> iteration of this idea, the first exploration of this idea just kind of came to us in this fucking bizarre happening that, that provided all the tools that we that we needed. Can I... Here's my theory. Do you want to hear this theory that Please. I have for you two? Yeah. It comes back to the jukebox. And you, you downplay it. You downplay it. But you walk into a room, and you feel the room, and you sense, oh, this is the song that people want to hear. And I actually think what Ira said about empathy and, and, and what, and what no, David, David Byrne said about empathy, yeah. there is something you two have that I can't even quite pinpoint. And I consider myself someone who's pretty much always empathetic. I think it's one of the... I have a lot of vices, but that's one of my virtues, I think. But there's something you two have where you walk into a room and you understand people in ways that most don't. And I think that's what... This is like... This is why when I said this is the best thing you made, I think you got it. Like, you've always got it. But it really is evolving, and I think it comes back to you understanding the room and playing the music. (laughs) That's a very... Flattering assessment. We Sam. can blame my uncle who sat us at the end of the bar when we were getting yeah. a trick. Thank you, Sam. I, I don't mean to undercut that. Yeah. That's very no, beautiful. No, I would expect nothing. I want a joke. You always got to undercut it's with a, a joke. It's a beautiful thing. I do the same thing. It's a beautiful thing. To, yeah. It's, it's, it, is, it, is something, it is something we strive for. It was ingrained in us as little people. You know, it's our... our our father, our uncle, learned it from their father. Well, yeah, our grandfather had a good a good line. He always said, "He said uh, that you know, you are at your best if you can sit down next to someone and talk about whatever they want to talk about." And you need, you know, and that there's a lot that goes into that. You need to be informed, you know, an informed person that so you're able to talk to people about what they want to talk about. Um, and you need to be a good listener. And I, so that was something he always said, and uh, I took a lot from that. And I know Turner did too. 
And send your movies. I hope so. <laughs> also, also, you know, bullshit meter, and uh, I think. Well, you get the bullshit meter at a bar, you yeah. know, pretty quick. And uh, and and it took David to point it out, but I think we came from a place with a distinct lack of irony. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's really true. I had never uh, thought about it like that before, yeah. but I I I see that I see that now. Yeah. It was. I knew it the moment I met you guys <laughs> at Sundance, where there's so much bullshit. Oh my god. Where, where everyone's drenched in irony, uh, and it's insufferable. It, it 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 is painful to be around. I I I can't do it. I can't do it. Well, that's why we enjoyed our first encounter with you, Sam. And yes, I, you were a breath of fresh air. That's I, why this friendship. Was, I, has, I suppose that's why we're here. here uh, why you've chosen to set up your? Uh, I mean, this is yeah, pretty we advanced should, now. We, we are in our motel room here. In this, what, I mean, this place seems to be an institution at this point. There's a there is a postcard. You mean framed. institution in, in like a? Historical oh, we're not in a mental matter. institution. No, we're in a we're in a motel. Like but there's a postcard in there from like. The sixties or seventies. This this place has been around for quite a while. Yeah, Joanne last night said she partied here in like the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's a motor lodge, man. Love this place. (laughs) It's a place. It's a a, a, place you can go on a real, real good tear. A roach motel with no roaches. Like it's you know not bad. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here. Thank you guys so much for doing this. Oh hell yeah, we got you, man. Anytime. I love you both. All right. Love you too. Love you, buddy. Awesome. <laughs> well, there it is. Thanks again to Bill and Turner for coming on the show. You can stream Western, their excellent doc from 2015, on Netflix now. Contemporary Color is making its rounds on the festival circuit right now and will be screened in June at the Sydney Film Festival, AFI Docs, and Bonnaroo. People. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes and SoundCloud or your favorite podcasting app. If you want to drop us a line about anything, feel free to email the show at talkeasypod at gmail.com. I promise I read and respond to every one of these. Lastly, if you have a spare moment in your busy day, please give us a review on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. Our theme music is provided by Vanilla. Our executive producer is David Chen. Graphics by Ian Jones. Technical assistance provided by Joe Stillwater. The show is produced and edited by Corey Atad. I'm your host, Sam Fragoso. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. People. The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.